If you're just starting out, I always tell people to drive traffic, get opt-ins, nurture them over time, and make that work. Because that is, that is so much easier to make work. Hey, podcast listener. You're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the Email Marketing Podcast or the Autoresponder Guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. It's John McIntyre here, the Autoresponder Guy. I'm here with Gary Young. Now, uh, I'm at Gary, actually, at Titans of Direct Response. I think we'd spoken on via email or via Facebook messages before that. Uh, yep. Connected through, it was like the blacksmith, um, the camp through Simon Black and Craig Ballantyne. And anyway, so we, we met at Titans of Direct Response in person, caught up, chatted about business and marketing and all that stuff. Gary's been working at uh, Early to Rise with, uh, I don't know too much about that, so maybe we can talk about that in a second. Uh, but yep. he recently left. Now he's focusing on a software that allows you to basically track anyone who signs up to your mailing list, track their lifetime value. Value uh, through the entire life cycle of that customer, which is pretty amazing. If I, if I imagine correctly, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it, it probably integrates with, say, your uh, email autoresponder account, and then it integrates with your CRM. So you're going to know, be able to say down to a T, what one subscriber is worth to you. And if you know that they're worth 75 bucks, you know that you can go and spend 74 dollars on Facebook, and you're you're, you're just you're making profit. You're in the clear. So I think it's a pretty cool little piece of software. So today we're going to talk about that and lifetime value and how building a business isn't. Uh, this random luck-filled thing. It's actually a thing that you can engineer uh, the same way a mathematician puts together a formula for a something. I was going somewhere with that metaphor. It didn't, <laughs> didn't really work out. So anyway, Gary, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? Pretty fantastic. Pretty uh, pretty upright now, I think. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> so let's get into it. Uh, before we get into like uh, exactly what this uh, the software is and why this lifetime value is important and all that. Can you give the listener a bit of a background on uh, who you are and what you do? Yeah. So, um, so I kind of got into direct response and performance marketing uh, about three years ago. And I started out as a copywriter at a company called Early to Rise and um, basically wrote sales letters, video scripts, all that good stuff. And then, uh, you know, through that kind of came a time where I wanted to get more distribution of the promotions that I wrote. So then I started buying traffic to the copy I was writing and testing and experimenting and slamming my head into the wall when things didn't work and just getting super jacked up when they did. And, you know, in, uh, I'm no longer with Early to Rise, but in like two and a half years there, we, you know, added six, 700,000 new leads to the business, a ton of sales. We were spending six, seven figures, uh, a month on paid traffic, and uh, and you know I think we could we could talk a lot about all the different stuff I learned, and then towards the you know the last year or so I was there, you know we got big enough and had enough new customers coming in that we worked on building out a, a marketing team. So by the time I left, there was uh, there was about six of us driving revenue in that business. Nice. Okay. So there's a lot of different directions we could go with this. Um, yeah. One thing I'd like to start off with is people everywhere think that, and I think this is an attitude that we all have because a lot of entrepreneurs have started off life being not necessarily poor and like poverty in the way that uh, people are in a lot of countries around the world, in Africa, say, for example. But, but a lot of us, the reason you know, to become an entrepreneur is to, uh, is to create value and wealth for ourselves, for our family, for the world, uh, and to create this sense of abundance. But I think along the way, we, we carry these uh, limiting beliefs and things that hold us back that are really just a relic of our 
uh, upbringing in our childhood and how we sort of, we grew up relating to money and wealth in a certain way and success. And so we take mm -hmm. these beliefs and part of these is like, you know, money is just about uh, being lucky. You know, like if, if like business, you know, maybe it's, you know, you gotta be smart, but, but you either, you know, you gotta, you gotta be talented. There's not mm -hmm. like a recipe that you can follow. But I think that what's cool when you start paying attention to things like the lifetime value is that building a business becomes a lot less about, you know, luck or throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks, but literally about just putting out numbers on a spreadsheet and just doing different, like if you want to increase your conversion rate, doing stuff that's going to increase your conversion rate. If you need more traffic, doing stuff that's going to increase your traffic. You want more money per customer, you know, creating more products. And so there's mm -hmm. all these very uh, consistent strategies that, or very, very just like strategies that work to increase any of those areas. And if you just go and increase all those areas, you have a business that makes money and profit and makes you wealthy. So I find that fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a pretty good summation. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I've seen, you know, in talking to, talking to a lot of people in our space that are smaller online first businesses is they really, a lot of them kind of figure out a way, like a one small way to start growing, right? And sometimes it's through producing content. Sometimes they figure out how to make some paid marketing channel work. Sometimes it's, you know, there's, there's a, a billion different ways, right? Mm. And, um, but what I've seen is most people get stuck. They find one thing that works and then they kind of milk it for a while, but they have no real way to make it into a repeatable, predictable, consistent process. And if you want to build something big, then you need that. And I think in a fundamental way, and you and I have spoken about this before, you know, it comes down to how does your business acquire new customers? That's really the kind of the fundamental that currency that you need to grow a business. And anything you can do to make that process uh, more predictable, more repeatable, and more profitable is always a net good for the business. And the, the way, I think the way to think about it is basically going through all the different ways or one way specifically how someone finds your business. Like, so we, we could take, we can even take your business, for example, right? So you've got, you've got this podcast, people come to the podcast and they listen, they really dig uh, your style. Maybe they think you're cute. I don't know. And, uh, <laughs> and then they go and they're like, okay, I want to subscribe to this. And then you have a, then you have a call to action, sends them to your site. They opt in, right? And then they, uh, and then they get your autoresponder and then, you know, you work on different things. You try to sell them, uh, you know, some of your coaching stuff or your consulting work or your done for you products, right? Mm -hmm. So the kind of the way to think about it is, is you look at all the different steps in that customer journey. So you're like, okay, well, I got this many downloads for this episode. And then of those downloads, this many people came from the podcast to my site and opted in. And then this many people clicked on a link to say like the McMethod, right? And they click on that link and then that many people get to the sales letter and then this many people get to the order page, et cetera, et cetera, right? And the way and kind of the way to do it and the way to engineer stuff that works is just to quantify, ruthlessly quantify all of those steps. So like just throwing out fake numbers, let's say just for ease, so yeah. you get a thousand people download it. Say of those thousand people, 50 of them come to your site, opt in. Of those 50 people, 10 of them click on your sales letter and then one of them ends up buying. Okay, yeah. So you look at all those and I, I literally just, I've 
constantly sketch, just sketch this stuff out into like a little flow chart. And you, you look, you're like, okay, so I've got this, this, this. Okay, what step in the process do I improve? How do I make that better? And a lot of that comes down to kind of benchmarking things. So, you, you know, say you're looking around, you're like, okay, talk to some other people who have podcasts. You're like, well, how many people respond to your initial call to action? And then you get that, you get that number. And, and then you go, okay, so we got a 5% response rate. Let's work on, let's work on the copy. Let's talk about, let's make it, maybe make the offer a little different. And let's see if we can get that to 10%. Yeah. And then, you know, that whole process, each step of the way, you basically turn dials and, you know, play with all the different steps in it. And next thing you know, you come out of it like a month later and you've doubled the profitability of your campaign or you've doubled, you know, the amount of new subscribers you have and all that stuff. And it's all that just looking at the different steps and making each one of them better when they need to be better. Right. There's this there's sort of this aspect of like you're a little like we're thinking about business, like, oh I don't know if it's gonna work out or there's so much risk. And it's sort of like, this takes all the emotion out of it. It's just numbers. If you're like, well, we're spending, I don't want to spend money on advertising, for example. Uh, a lot of people like have this, this reluctance to, to advertise. But if you think about it, you know, mm-hmm. spend a dollar and make two. Like the business is sort of this interplay between whatever you spend to acquire a customer, whatever you sp- uh, make from that customer. And mm-hmm. sort of the whole game is just bumping up the amount of money that you make per customer as high as possible while also simultaneously reducing the amount you spend to acquire the customer. And exactly. it's just, just the interplay of those two, those two main sort of you know, key metrics over and over and over and over again. You just keep doing that. You keep trying to make more money per person and then keep trying to reduce the uh, amount of money you spend to acquire them. And then it sort of reduces it. You know, you're, like, you're like a little mad scientist in a lab. Tinkering away, right? Yep. Yeah, tinkering away. Yep. No, exactly. And then and, and like what I've seen with people and you know, I've, got, I've got a bunch of friends that are you know, sort of, and I'm sure you do too, like sort of on that cusp, like they've got a little thing on the side or something's kind of working, but they're afraid to take that plunge. And what I think ruthlessly quantifying each step of the process, it, in a way, it's really good for a, an entrepreneur or uh, someone who's trying to make a promotion work because it, it, like you said, it totally takes emotion out of it. And a lot of times what I've seen people do is, you know, someone's like, oh, I'm going to start spending, I'm going to start doing cold traffic. And they spend a thousand bucks and they make like 200 bucks back. And then they just go throw up their hands. Oh my God, the world, the sky is falling. I'm screwed. We're done. This is over. And in reality, you could engineer that, but you get so emotionally caught up in it instead of just looking at the numbers and seeing where the hole in your funnel is. And then you plug that hole and then you see the next hole and you plug that, you fix that, fix that. And then you're making money. And sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it takes, I mean, it took me like three and a half months from the time I first started buying traffic for early to rise and the time the campaign became profitable. Yeah. And, uh, and I was did looking, you have to spend? I'm curious. I don't know if you can share this, but how much did you have to spend before it started becoming profitable? Um, I think it was, it was, it was a good chunk of change. And I was lucky enough to have, you know, to be doing it for a business, right? That could, that could do that, yeah. but I, I'd say it was it was probably like twenty two thousand dollars or something. Now that is, but but here's the thing though, that was you know for someone just starting out, you totally don't need to do that. But what I was doing there was I was hunting for scale, like I didn't want like I didn't want to because I had done some stuff that was like oh you upload a, like a custom audience to Facebook and it and it works, 
But I wanted to do something where I could make like a general display campaign work, and I wanted to be able to spend ten thousand dollars a day. Yeah, and that's not something that people should start trying to do. They should start like, how can I spend a hundred and make a hundred and twenty? Yeah, and uh, so yeah, so there was there was that, and that was honestly that made me nervous as hell in the beginning because it's just like every day oh, lost a bunch more money, oh, but. It worked out, and eventually that became a rounding error. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's this. I mean, this is the this is the, the tough part. Is when people get started with buying advertising online, is or buying advertising anywhere really. It, it, in the early days, you can because you're testing and tweaking and refining things, you can end up spending five thousand or ten thousand or like you do twenty two thousand dollars before you even start yeah. making any money. And yeah. if you give up too early, uh, you never get there. Yeah. No, I mean it's and and that's why I always when I'm telling people like I always. And for that one too, I should say that we were doing a campaign that was driving people directly to a video sales letter. So that is always like if you're just starting out, I always tell people to drive traffic, get opt-ins, nurture them over time, and make that work because that is that is so much easier to make work. The only problem that some people run into with that is you, sometimes you can get into cash flow crunches yeah. where – you know, if you know that it only it costs you three dollars to get a, an opt in on Facebook, and they're worth ten dollars to your business after sixty days, well, I mean, if you have the cash flow, you do that all day long, and you see how much you can spend. But if you don't, then you got to kind of temper it, right? Yeah. Um, so, but the nice thing about starting with like an opt in campaign is too you you can you can get pretty good data on not a ton of media spend because you're just going to always have such a much higher opt-in rate than you are a conversion rate to a sales like to a sales page right off the bat right right so the interesting part here then is so where does just to take it in a bit of a different direction because we are we get much on very much on the traffic how do you go from um so where does like tell me how how does this lifetime value like why is that number important when it comes to buying traffic yeah, so um, biggest reason is it's, it's just a fundamental principle that whoever can spend the most money to acquire a new customer will win because what, what that means, and, and you could spend more if your lifetime value is more, and what that means is, like let's say, let's say you and I both make widgets, right? And you got widget A and I got widget B, and your widget is, is so much better than mine, okay? But I'm just a ruthless barbarian. And I'm really good at upselling people so they buy like 10 widget bees at a time instead of just one. And I figure out that I can spend $200 to get someone to buy one widget bee. And you can only spend $20 to get someone to buy your widget, right? What happens is, especially in the, the kind of the hyper-targeted advertising world we're in now, is I just spend and spend and spend. And your cost per click shoots up your all the stuff that you need to make your widget business work suddenly stops working. You've got to try all different things. And then the other part of it too is if you have a really high lifetime value, so many more channels are open to you. So like if you think about it in, um, in like the health and fitness space, which is I'm, I'm pretty familiar with, you know, Beachbody, which is the company that makes like P90X and all those other things. I mean, those products are like 120 bucks sometimes. I know they're moving to different models, but 
because their customers are worth so much to them, they're doing TV, they're doing infomercials on TV, which is generating an enormous amount of sales. Whereas you got your guy with a $27 ebook on ClickBank who doesn't have the customer lifetime value to do that and is just kind of forced to create some content, have a YouTube channel, and all that other stuff. So he's limited. And the other part of it, the third part, and this be like kind of the last thing I say on this is it, it also just makes your business less risky. Because if you know that someone who comes into your business is worth a ton, right, you can just keep, you know, because ads like online, like gone are the days like 2004, 2005, when you could get targeted search traffic on Google for like 25 cents a click, right? So in some of these competitive keywords, it's 10, 20, sometimes more per click. And if you've got the, the customer lifetime value to back it out, then that doesn't matter. But if you don't, then you're totally priced out of some of the best advertising opportunities. And and I think you'll see that more and more with some of these other channels. Like I think Facebook will get more expensive over time, you know, and then Twitter and Instagram, all these other places where you could buy a ton of traffic, they start cheap usually. And then everyone piles in. And once everybody piles in, if you don't have the lifetime value to back it out, to make it work, then you're out. It's over for you in that channel. And then you got to go figure out how to make something else work which is a pain. Right, right. I think one way to think about this is that like uh, basically Facebook and Google and all the advertising networks, they're basically selling customers. They basically got yep. their, their inventory is, I mean, you can think about like advertising and they're selling ad space, but a better way to think about it would be they're selling customers. And based on how, you, how your business is structured, those customers are going to either seem cheap or they're going to seem expensive. And so instead of exactly. thinking about like advertising, think about like going to Facebook or going to Google or going to any of these sites and you can literally... Mm-hmm put in $1,000 and get X amount of customers out. And the things that are going to affect how many customers you get out of it are going to be, well, obviously your conversion rate, but then also the amount of money that you're able to spend per customer is going yep. to affect it. Um, I think that's a cool thing. There's no shortage of business for people who've you know, got a business model that can support it. So like, if you can't afford to spend money on advertising, you probably need to rejig your business a bit. Yeah, I mean, there, and I think it's, uh, you know, you always want to have that option. Because cause it's so predictable, too. Because, like, I mean, there was, there was months, like long stretches of months where I would wake up every morning, look at the stats on LTV Tracker, and know within maybe 10 opt-ins how many opt-ins we were going to get that day. And knew, like that. And I knew how much they were going to be worth, and I knew how long it was going to take us to make our money back on them. And knowing that, um, and I think, you know, depending on where, where you're at in the business, Sometimes that can seem just like an insane pipe dream. Like, oh my God, I just need to make something work, right? But sooner or later, when something does work, that predictability becomes like one of the most emotionally comforting things. Because you know like, oh yeah, I'm going to wake up today and I haven't done anything. Maybe I'll put up a different ad to see if I can improve the click-through rate. And uh, But other than that, you know, I've done that and I'm going to get 1,000 customers today. Or I'm going to get 500 opt-ins, like clockwork. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think that is uh, sort of sort of that's like the uh, that's the dream for a lot of folks, right? Because it's not you don't have to just constantly grind away and create new content every day and all that kind of other stuff. So if you can do it, great. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So let's talk about this software. Then tell me about this. This how does it work and what's so cool about it? So biggest thing um, is from what I found, and this is. Just I built this to solve a problem that I was having. 
So basically, most um, payment processors and CRMs aren't set up to tag someone uh, based on where they come from. And the biggest thing is all different traffic sources deliver hugely different customers. And what the software allows you to do is it allows you, one, just on a really basic fundamental level, it allows you to see, oh, okay, this is how much a new customer is worth to my business. And that's and and for people who want to go big, that's table stakes. You need that. And there's nothing else out there that really does that in a way that doesn't have kind of big flaws. And um, so, but then what it allows you to do as you go deeper is you can see uh, on an individual ad level, on a funnel level, on an initial product level, on an advertising channel level, how much those people are worth. And so just speaking from experience, you'll see different advertising networks and different, and I'm just going to include Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff in that general category, Mm -hmm. will deliver customers that are so enormously different in their long-term lifetime value that you can, if you're not tracking it, you can be led really easily astray and make big mistakes. And so the way, the way to think about it is, say you've got a campaign running on Facebook and a campaign running on Google. And the Facebook customers, you're, you're getting, let's say we'll just keep it as an opt-in. So you're getting an opt-in on Facebook for $1.25, okay? And you're getting an opt-in on Google for $4, okay? And if you're not tracking lifetime value by traffic source, what do you do? You look at it, you go, oh, well, especially if you have limited resources and cash flow potential constraints, you go, oh, well, I got to turn off Google and just do Facebook because it's they're so much cheaper. But then if you do track LTV and you check three months later, six months later, you might see that those opt-ins from Google that cost you $4 are worth 10 to the business because they're just better customers. And those cheap or cheaper leads from Facebook are only worth $3. And by not paying attention to that longer term view, you can lose a, you can, I don't I want to say lose, but you can not make a lot of money that you should make. Right. And I mean, and I've seen it like, I mean, I've seen it on, because I've bought traffic in a ton of different places and I've seen, you know, two different ad networks like, uh, for example, like AdBlade versus AOL, right? And you'll see, and it seems normal, like you buy the same banner ads, you put the same ad, you have the same funnel, everything else, and one of them has a customer that's worth 50% more after 40 days, 50 days. And you'd never know that otherwise. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's not as simple as just, because I was doing some traffic, a lot of paid traffic back last year. You know, it was basically running these campaigns and then just looking at the overall stats for the funnel, so saying, well, the uh, lifetime value of this funnel is this and lifetime value here. But that's really interesting how that different, your lifetime value is going to vary depending on the, it's probably going to depend on the, on the literal ad that you show them. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing I saw. There was, um, there was some stuff, you know, like those ads that are everywhere, they're like the five foods you should never eat, right? Those ads, people see them, they're, yeah. I mean, they're, they've carpet bombed the internet with those ads. Well, we, we did something kind of similar and we tested two very different approaches. So we had one that was uh, more of a direct thing. It was like, you know, uh, five exercises you should never do. And then another one that was like, this workout program rocks. That's not actually what it said, but that's just the idea. Yeah. And we found that they were converting at about the same rate, but the people and nothing else about the funnel was different except for that 
first little banner ad they saw and clicked on. And we found that there was a, there was a significant difference in how much those people were worth 40 days later, just based on that. Wow. And, it's, and, and that's not always true. It's not always that sensitive, but it can be. And, um, and if you're not looking at those numbers, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So then the software then, because I mean, how does this get set up? Let's say like sign up. Can I, like, what can I integrate this with? So right now it integrates, we integrate with, uh, with ClickBank, Infusionsoft, Entreport, Stripe, uh, Aweber, Maropost, uh, a couple others too. And, uh, and we're adding more and more integrations every, basically every like two weeks. And, um, and the cool thing about it is there's a lot of other tracking software out there and, and I've used almost all of it. And, uh, and some of them are, are really great for certain purposes. But the biggest thing I've found with it is one, you get certain programs that are just basically a dashboard that pulls data from a bunch of different places and puts it all in one spot. And the problem with that is a lot of times it'll just, it'll mirror inaccurate data. It'll be the wrong stuff. Or, you know, a lot of these ad networks, if you're buying traffic on them and they, they have pixels that are kind of work, kind of don't, I found that you might lose between five and 25% of conversions. And if you've got, if you've got like a dashboard that just pulls in that number, which is flawed, you'll make bad decisions or at least you'll make decisions on incomplete data. Right. And, then the, and then the second part of it is you'll have other software, which is really, really powerful software, but it's so hard to use that you basically need to hire a full-time person to make sure that that script is all over the place and properly configured and everything else. And then you'll have some of these other ones that you have to like, oh, we need to define a value for this page. Like if a customer gets to this page, it's worth X amount to the business. And that can that just becomes a total nightmare. And uh, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, I, I really like this idea of the software. So if people want to get more information about it, maybe even talk to you about this whole lifetime value thing, where's the best place for them to do that? Uh, so the best place is uh, we could do, okay, so we could do ltvtracker.com. So that's the letter L, the letter T, the letter V, tracker.com. And then slash Mick method. And I've got a I've got a free five day email course that is I think it's really good. And it basically goes through five different strategies people can use to make their paid traffic efforts fifty percent more effective. So if you're on the cusp of something working and you're trying to get over the hump, there'll be something there for you to get you over that hump and if you've got something that is working and you want to make more money faster from it, there's something there that could help you do it. Awesome. And then, yeah, and then they'll have my info and you know we can email back and forth and discuss it. Cool, awesome. Well, I'll have links to uh, links to that at the show notes at the McMethod.com. I think we're uh, right on time here, so let's wrap it up, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It's great. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. 
Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more. Oh,